Hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from my humblest of abode books. And today, I'm looking at the big picture. You know, it's easy for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, it's so easy to get caught up in the drama of the moment. It's easy for me to doom scroll TikTok and get some bad news and then make that my whole morning and mull over it with my coffee with extra sugar, of course. And just think about how atrocious this one situation is, this one event. Because when I'm not looking at the big picture, I don't see how this one event fits into something beautiful. Now that sounds like a bunch of pontificating bullshit. But here's what I mean. I mean that two Democratic representatives in the state of Tennessee being expelled is the first sentence to a beautiful story for democracy. Because if there's one thing I know is that karma reciprocity they're real and Tennessee has basically lit the fuse on a powder keg of revolution and I'm sure I'm quite confident that they had no idea this is where they would end up but here they are they are the epicenter of the new revolution in the United States and for democracy. Because now that I believe as a collective we see how out of pocket we can go, I believe that the United States population will reel this shit in and set things right. You, you've heard it said, I've heard it said, you know... Um, that the arc leads towards justice but it's slow but I think that what's going on this year is going to speed things up a little bit at least for now Republican politicians most politicians actually not just Republican they rely on our short term memory they rely on our collective ADHD that two state representatives being expelled from Tennessee although tragic will only be in the news about two weeks and then we'll forget about it and we'll move on because there's so many atrocities occurring in our political climate right now that we can't focus on any one of them and maybe that's true I don't know about you, but I've seen it. I've seen the the two-week stretch of outrage only to subside and everybody go back to work and it's another day and it's business as usual. However, there has been so many knives thrown at one time that we can't help but notice the collection I can't help but see how 
anti-trans bills, many of them turning into law, books being banned, history being rewritten or just whited out. All of these things are a culmination of one situation. And that one situation is how we have tried we as a collective right now with Republicans doing what they're doing, we as a collective are trying to turn back the time on our progress. And the majority needs to stand up now and make sure that doesn't happen because it is possible. I think one of the things that keeps us procrastinating on this revolution is believing that it is impossible for us to return to another time. Absolutely impossible for us to go back to Jim Crow, for us to return to, you know, um, building yet another wall, for us to return to a time when women couldn't work. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous until you see the anti-trans bills becoming law until you see Roe v. Wade being overturned, until you see the Mississippi state hiring their own court for white people as opposed to the court for black people in Jackson, Mississippi. And then we pause and we say, well, wait a minute, how is this possible? It's possible because we thought it impossible. That's the one thing about the word impossible that irritates me. It, it is literally a stop sign for critical thinking. It's impossible. can't be done. And we tell ourselves there's no way we could return to 1955 until you see what happens in Mississippi, until you see what's happening in Tennessee. The saddest moment for me right now is seeing how easily wealth has become more important than human life itself. How the gun lobby has greased so many palms to make it easier for the war machine to keep working. The gun lobby has politicians on both sides so convinced that each individual politician is an island that me taking this money is not going to destroy the planet. I mean, that's impossible. Or is it? So many politicians have taken gun lobbyist money that we can't keep our children safe in public. And many people will say, well, this is happening with schools because they're trying to close public education. That may be true, but we're not safe in supermarkets, Walmart, parking lots, planes, buses, Businesses. Bullets are flying like mosquitoes in Texas, y'all. And we can't control the guns because we've allowed the gun lobbyists to infiltrate our government. Because we haven't pressed politicians to pass laws against lobbying. We haven't pressed for time limits for senators and, and representatives and other public servants. We need to be more involved. I heard a quote 
I can't remember the person's name and I do apologize, but he said the joy of religion for most people is that it's one less thing they have to think about. It lays out a Venn diagram of how to live so I no longer have to think about what the right thing is to do. And I can't help but wonder if we do the same thing with our politicians. Why I elected you, fix it. I give you free reign, just like too many people give the Bible or the Quran or some other book written thousands of years ago, free reign to rule the world I live in today. And what does that mean? It means that when we elect our public officials, far too many of us then go on about business as usual. Well, I've done my civic duty. I elected a public uh, official and, you know, they'll take care of what they need to take care of in Washington and I'll take care of what I need to take care of here at home with my kids. That's not how this works. Dr. Colonel West was speaking about the forest, how there is this, this thing, this mechanism called a forest and how the forest is made up of all these different entities, the trees, the shrubbery, the flowers, the soil, the insects, the critters that eat the insects, the other animals that eat those critters and so on, and how the death of the top predator becomes fertilizer for the next tree. These are lessons that we are, I believe, beginning to learn how 60% of us in a poll over 60% of us want U.S. health care. Uh, well over half of us uh, want to keep Social Security. Well over half of us uh, would like our children to be safer in schools and wouldn't mind banning some of these guns and want gun safety. Uh, over half of us uh, would love to see you know, higher wages. But they keep us distracted by starting morality dramas over whether or not transgenderism is real. How it's beginning to be called body dysmorphia. And if we don't learn this lesson now, we will have to return to this subject again, maybe in five years, 10 years, 20 years. And we're going to keep having to sit through this class until we ace this test. On humanity. Nationalism is probably the most dangerous ideology out here. And at some point, we're going to have to stop fighting for America and instead start fighting for humanity. I am not defined by the boundaries from Alaska to Florida, from Maine to San Diego. I have my own identity as part of the human race. And when atrocities happen anywhere in existence, I want to make sure I'm on the right side of that history. Let's just say we pass gun legislation. Let's say that we make the United States this utopia of democracy. What would it mean if Palestinian children are still being thrown out of their homes and shot on the street? If we made the United States an absolute paradise of safety, 
What would that mean if Muslims are still stuck in concentration camps in China? How would I feel if I had every single thing I needed? And better than that, everyone in this country had every single thing they needed and no longer had to worry. What would that mean if people are still starving to death in Haiti, suffering under corruption? I don't want to look at what's happening in Tennessee as an American issue. I'm trying to see it from an international look, from an international lens, an international perspective. What does it mean when the epicenter of the economic structure, the United States, absolutely one of the most powerful entities on the planet is the United States government. What does it mean when this government no longer relies on democracy? What does it say when this government makes a decision on, on the behalf of all of us that expelling two state representatives was more important than democracy? that placating to the gun lobby was more important than the lives of children. What does that say about me? Well, I got nothing to do with that is what I want to say. Don't I though? Have I not sat back and watched as the state of Tennessee still refused to rename Nathan Bedford Forest Park have I not been here the whole time when racist police in Tennessee assassinated Dr. King? Was I not here when we found out that it was actually the Memphis Police Department that shot Dr. King? That Was I not? What, what happened to me? What did I do? Oh, I went to work. Was I not here when the Tennessee State first... Uh, proposed the, the ban on transgender existence in their state, went after drag queens. Wasn't I here for that? What did I do? Well, I made a couple of TikTok videos and then I went to work. At some point, as an American citizen, I'm going to need to check out of the system and cause havoc. Havoc meaning protest. Havoc meaning, uh, you know, writing scathing essays and creating, uh, creating discourse, creating conversations, you know. Having discursive locations where we can sit around and say, hey, what are we going to do about X, Y, and Z? Like, is it bad enough for me to get on a bus or a plane and head out to Tennessee and cause some serious disturbances in their peace until they create peace for everyone existing in the state of Tennessee. I don't think... At some point, I... Let me try to find a way to explain this best I can. On the one hand, I know that I need to get my rest because I will be needed 
to further democracy, right? I, I will be needed for this revolution. However this revolution happens, whether it's in social media, in the streets, through, by, through whatever means, I know I need to get my rest. I know I need to eat. I know I need to maintain my peace and stay present in the moment. And then on the other hand, there's a part of me that says nobody gets to rest until everybody gets to rest, right? So how far do I go to defend the lives of people I don't know? Now, I can look at it from a self-centered perspective and say, well, you know, if I don't fight for them, sooner or later, they're coming for me. But why does it take being focused on what's going to happen to me if I don't do it? Why can't I be spiritual enough, be present enough, and be accepting enough of the collective to simply understand we fight what is happening in Tennessee because it's the right thing to do. Because democracy dies when we expel U.S. representatives and state representatives for simply having beliefs. And how important is this to me? Is it important enough to make a phone call to a politician? Is it important enough to send an email? Is it important enough for me to say, nah, hell no, I'm not going to work until this changes. And neither is my neighbor, neither is my sister. Nobody is going to work. There will be no money in the American economy until democracy is the priority, until humanity is the priority. And nothing less will be acceptable. No, I don't want your apology. I don't need your prayers or thoughts. What I need is democracy. I need for the majority to make the decisions for the whole. That's not happening. Plenty of conservative people want better public schools. Plenty of conservative people. 79% of America believes that teachers deserve more money. Yet in some dark places in this country right now, they're trying to replace teachers with soldiers. They're trying to hand teach, they're trying to turn teachers into soldiers in some states by giving them guns. Like teachers aren't doing enough already. Now they become shogun warriors. Are you serious? Now I need Steven Seagal to teach math. Like, are, are you serious right now? For every move I make, there is a random human being somewhere in this country that will either suffer the consequence or bask in the reward. At the end of the day, justice is what love looks like in public between strangers. Love. At the end of the day, love. What am I willing to do for love? Think about that. I'll be back. Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast. And it is absolutely amazing. 
They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I, I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight. They're queer. They're black. They're of color. They're male. They're female. They're they, thems. They, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that... Um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. Hey, y'all, I'm back. So what's important to me is realizing that although the right doesn't know it, They've just solidified how progressive the left is going to be in the next election. So, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but uh, Wisconsin recently had a vote. And if you saw any videos of the line of voters, you would notice that there had to be thousands of people there. And a fraction, a small fraction of that line was probably over the age of 25. Y'all, Gen Z is about to turn the political structure of this country completely upside down in the next 365 days. And all the conservative politic has done is solidify how far left we're going to move in the next election. They played their role. This is, this is what I mean by the forest. The conservative parties have played a role in the wilderness to come. And what they have fertilized, what is growing, is something so grand. I am looking forward to the next election. I can't wait to see what kind of mess is coming down the pike. Because let me tell you, these extreme bills against transgenderism, these bills against books, these bills against public education, against black people, all of these bills are only strengthening those who are on the left to move with more force in the near future. Because what they've done is they've generated enough public fear at conservatism running the country that I believe we will never let this happen again. As long as 
we do something about our short-term memory. Please do not sleep on Republicans. One of the biggest mistakes I think we make is in our own hubris when we look at Republicans like Donald Trump or George Bush Jr. and we clown them about how stupid they sound. And we underestimate the, the power of large swaths of stupid people all moving together. If there's anything we could learn from the conservative right is that no matter how ridiculous the idea, they're all on the same page. And there are so many issues that the left is trying to conquer, be it Yemen, be it Palestine, be it Haiti, be it immigration, be it Roe v. Wade, racism in America, you know, the, the system of education, college tuition, healthcare. There are so many different aspects that we split and we, we fragment in all these different directions. And what we need to do is continue that work of fragmenting into all these different directions, but at some point come together and share what we've learned about each of these issues. And hopefully, through our fragments, through the different places that we're making things happen, that is creating a new forest in our political climate. I don't think we all need to tackle the same issue at the same time, but every once in a while we do need to come together just to show solidarity between each other. Do I think ICWA is the number one priority? Maybe. Maybe you think that it's, you know, the new court system that they're building in Mississippi and how Jim Crow uh, surrounds all the motives of what they're doing. So fine, you go work with what's happening in Mississippi. I will go work with what's happening, say, in Palestine, and we will come together later and support each other in our moves. You know, it took the Republicans 40 years to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they were patient and methodical and used their own money. Now, often a lot of us on the left, we ain't got it like that. You know, a lot of conservative people in believing to be conservative, especially with their money, have money to spend in politics. However, I keep thinking about the fact that there are 150 million users on TikTok. Now, a lot of those users are conservative. But let's say we split it right down the middle. All right. Let's say there are 75 million uh, left leaning people on TikTok. And each one of them gave a dollar to a progressive politician. Now, there's not a lot of progressive politicians. Let's say, just for sake of, of argument, there's 10. So if each of us gave $10, $1 to each progressive politician, they would all have, all of them would have $75 million in their campaign. We're not even a super PAC. We're just individuals. But they wouldn't have to rely on super PAC money and they wouldn't have to rely on lobbyists to manipulate their decisions. Do I like that politicians need money from us? No. Do I understand and accept that that's the way things are right now? Yes. So I send $5 to AOC. I send $5 to Ayanna Presley. I send $5 to Elon Omar. I send $5 to Rashida Tlaib. I send $5 to every single progressive politician that I can every month. Because, like it or not, they need that money. 
And we need progressive politicians. Because at the end of the day, I need to know that everyone around this world is no longer suffering from this empire. I need to know that Palestinians, that Syrians have hope. I need to see Haiti be rebuilt. The revolutionaries that they are needs to be rewarded for all their hard work. No one has fought for democracy harder than a Haitian. Nobody. I just wish we could get out of our nationalist view and understand that what's happening to someone in Saudi Arabia, someone in Beijing, someone in Hong Kong, someone in Indonesia, someone in New Zealand, if they are hurting, it is my responsibility to do something about it. It is our collective world responsibility to be accountable for pain being caused anywhere. And by doing that, by having that understanding, the United States grows smaller. When I start to see a world view, when I begin to grow a perspective of the entire planet, Tennessee is a chess piece that needs to be moved. They're not the game. They're not the end result. They're simply a piece on the board that needs to be moved. And we need to decide how we're going to move this piece. (sighs) But this atrocity is temporary. And I need to understand that Although I am angry and frustrated and disappointed and disgusted by what is happening in my country. My country is only a part to play in a humongous empire. So I fix what's happening here by doing what I can and supporting the people who can do more. And then after that, we move into a bigger picture again. We take a step back and see the wilderness for what it is and see how it's working or not working and see how we can improve on that. I have a part to play in everything that happens around the globe. And I want to wake up on the right side of history. I hope I've made sense because I feel like I'm just rambling But I want to channel my anger and focus it like a laser beam on what I can do to make things better. To hold politicians accountable for not being the voice of the people. Even if it just looks like a small little email to a politician, it's at least something to make sure I vote, yes, to get out in them streets, yes. Whatever it is that I can do to make sure to stay on the path of healing pain everywhere. It's bigger than my paycheck, y'all. 
It's bigger than my bills. At the end of the day, I don't want to see any more tiny body bags being dragged out of poorly funded public schools. I'm tired of it. And I know you're tired too. So let's get together. Let's figure out what our moves are. Welcome to the revolution. And remember to love yourself. Loving yourself is the most important thing you can do today. And if you fall short, you can start your day over anytime, anywhere, around anybody. Because at the end of the day, loving yourself is all that matters. And by loving ourselves, we are loving our nation and our planet and humanity as a whole, as a collective. Y'all be good. Peace.